Let's get it started. Well, this is Michael Mollis, president of Mortgage Teacher. And just like every other show, guys, we're here to teach you interesting ways to save you interest. I mean, I got to admit, this, this show's been pretty popular. There's been a lot of calls before, a lot of calls after. And as always, you can always reach out live at on Twitter um, at Mortgage Teacher. You can always phone us at 226-289-2991. And of course, you can always find us online, mortgageteacher.com. So we can answer all your questions. But if, if you're just tuning into the show for the first time, we've had multiple shows been going on for what well over a year now. And ever since last October, things have really changed. There was a rule change we've had that has affected, you know, all the lenders out there. And what we want to do on today's show is just kind of summarize what we've gone over, what seems to be the most, you know, kind of popular topic this week, and kind of go from there. So, again, I'm Michael Mullis from Mortgage Teacher, and we're going to teach you interesting ways to save you interest. So, the first topic uh, is always, you know, who is Mortgage Teacher and why are we different? Now, let's go backwards a little bit. I mentioned this on the last show, but I'm going to go over it again. Um, I'm, as I've mentioned before, from Dorchester, small town, five, 6,000. And I don't know about you guys, but when I used to want mortgage advice or loan advice or, you know, like I said, I got my first business loan. I walked into the local branch, uh, got some advice, and I carried through with that advice. The funny thing is, that was a three-year plan. I went into that branch only one and a half years later, and the person that I built the advice with, that my relationship was no longer there. So this is what Mortgage Teacher is all about. We're here to tighten up and, and regain that relationship you can have with your bank. Because at the end of the day, when you're trying to get, get a deal done, we all want the lowest rate, but we have to find leverage to do that. So when you walk into your branch and you know get mortgage advice, you're dealing with a retail level and getting possibly biased advice. I mean, when's the last time you walked into a bank and they taught you about a different bank? Likely you're going to walk out with you know uh, something from that institution. So with that being said, we built Mortgage Teacher to deal with all the lenders. Guys, there's 36 different banks out there that you can choose from. And then we got these trust companies. Who are these multi-billion dollar trust companies? Well, what are their mortgages like? Well, let's think of it this way. A bank earns an income on what? Giving you a savings account? Selling you a visa? Mutual funds? Maybe giving you a loan? They have multiple streams of income. That's safe to say. A trust company, they typically only lend on mortgages, uh, maybe car loans. But if you miss a payment, they have something that they can take back. Okay, so it's a registered loan. So how can a trust company's mortgage stand out from a bank's? It's quite easy. It's kind of like picturing a good piece of meat and cutting the fat off. Maybe it's a little bit lower rate because they need to stand out. Maybe it's more flexibility. You can put money down as you like. I know a lot of people like these lines of credit, so you can put money down, you know, tomorrow, the next day, next week. And on top of that, maybe it's cheaper penalties to break it. Maybe some of the mortgages that are out there are tied to some pretty hefty penalties, and we don't even know about it until we walk away. The point I'm getting at is there's 36 different banks, there's multiple trust companies, and then there's credit unions. I mean, down here in southwestern Ontario... Uh, credit unions are fantastic to use. I, I got a Main Street place in Dorchester there, and yeah, that's how you have to finance it. It's kind of zoned commercial and residential. So a credit union was giving me maybe not better interest rates, but maybe it was cheaper. Maybe it was cheaper to set up the mortgage. Um, maybe it was a cheaper rate. 
So what I'm trying to get at is there's over 70 lenders, 70 different institutions that you can get your mortgage from here in Canada. At Mortgage Teacher, we're going to teach you the difference between all those, unbiased, and help set that mortgage up going forward. And where I'm really impressed on how we stand out is how we follow up after the deal closes. And that's that's where the real gold is. You know, when's the last time you got a call from your institution saying that, you know, I don't know what, if we do this to your mortgage and do that, you can save interest and, and pay less and get that paid off a little bit quicker. So those are the type of strategies. It's kind of like mortgage planning, okay? Um, getting a mortgage set up with your financial plan. Now that brings up the next topic. What has everyone been calling into the office? I got three calls yesterday, uh, you know, with the kind of the same thing. Guys, are houses for sale in your neighborhood? Have you maybe been, you know, talking to your neighbor? I wonder what that house is going for. I know one just went around the corner from my house and I have had four people. Yes, I'm in the business, but I think it's more because I'm a neighbor. I've had four people ask me, what do I think that house sold for? They all saw it was for sale for 379000 And they also felt that that was a rather high asking price. But guess what? Did it sell for asking? Was there multiple offers? Is this the type of stuff that you're hearing in your backyard? Well, what does that mean? Because here's what happened. This house sold for $400,000 in a market that eh, usually it's been about $350,000. So we see a big increase. But here's the question. Is your house, is the neighboring house to that house now worth $400,000? Is the whole subdivision worth, worth more? Well, it can be because now what I'm hearing from the appraisers is we've had enough closings here in the city of London that we can find comparables. And what I mean by that, if you're that one house that sold for a lot more than asking, well, there's only one house. So you can't find comparables to say that that is the average. But with now the market, you know, well into the spring market, we are starting to see those closings. So yes, now we have in here in London, maybe earned fifty to $100,000 just for living in our house depending how much it has increased. Now, here's the question that everyone's asking lately. So you mean to tell me that my house just went from three fifty dollars to $400,000 in the last year for living in it? Yes, possibly it could have. The next question is, do you have any consumer debt? Are you paying money out of your pocket to pay for a credit card, to pay for a car loan, to pay for a line of credit? Anything of the sort. And here's why I ask. If you have a line of credit, you're paying what? Prime plus one, so 3.7%. If you have a car loan of 4%. If you have a car loan at 6%. If you have a credit card at 8%, 12%, 20%. All of those percents are higher than what you can get a mortgage money for. Now, here's what happened to me, and I didn't even see it coming. I was here with some clients, and I called my current bank just to teach the clients how to ask for a penalty. That's another show. You don't want to call your bank and say, I'm shopping around. No. You want to call up and say, listen, if I don't need your services anymore, what would that cost me to walk away? Because that way you just want a number so you can go home and calculate it on my own. I didn't need any sales. Anyway, funny enough, the bank told me that my penalty was only $1,800. I was like, wait a minute, $1,800 to walk away from this mortgage? Huh. Because I have three and a half years left. I thought it was going to be much bigger than that. This is my own mortgage. So after the clients left, I dug back into the numbers and I calculated if I were to break my mortgage now, which is I didn't even expect to, I had a 2.89%. I was actually pretty happy with that rate. Okay. If I break it now and I pay the $1,800 penalty, what other costs would I have? 
Oh, okay. Maybe an appraisal. Maybe a lawyer cost. Okay, let's roll that in. So now we've got a total cost maybe of $3,000. Really, it was only $2,600. Can I make that money back? If I break my mortgage now and take a lower rate or get some of this equity out, am I able to save? And this is the numbers that I'm finding time and time again. Lately, three of them yesterday, yes. If you have any consumer debt, it's likely, not for sure, but the numbers are turning out that way, it's likely worth it to pay that out and use your mortgage your mortgage money to pay that out. Here's why. Guys, your line of credit is compounded monthly. So is your credit card. So now we got to get back to a break here, but I want to come back to this when we come back. So please tune in. If you're listening right now, okay, we're going to come back from break. But what we're looking for is if you have a mortgage, you think your house has gone up in value, do you have any debt? Line of credit, vehicle, credit card. Tune in, listen here, because we're going to get back from break and talk about that. Michael Mullis from Mortgage Teacher, and we'll be back in one moment. 